This is Coach Law coming off the top rope on a more than a club podcast. Welcome to the More Than a Club podcast with Marty Cuprian and Delay. Welcome back to the More Than a Club podcast for our last episode of season two. I'm your co-host, Bill Leahy, along with Coach Marty Cuprian, and we are thrilled to introduce you to our season ending episode, as I think we have another very interesting show ahead. Thanks, Bill. Super excited to wrap up season two. It's been an awesome project, and we're super proud of what we've done. We'll talk through it. We'll have some fun tonight. We'll go off the cuff a little bit. Introducing our guest, he's a repeat guest. He came off the top rope last time. Peter Lawrence, the president of Next, uh, and also a sports parent. So interesting perspectives he's going to bring us, and we'll get his feedback on the podcast. Coach Law, welcome back. It's good to be here. You guys have been doing uh, great work. Uh, I've been uh, enjoying listening to the episodes, so it's nice to wrap up with you guys. Thanks a lot. Coach, as we get into it today, we like to start with something for coaches, for players, for parents. I know Coach Law recently hosted the Tabor Academy Spring Break in the Philadelphia area. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and help us lead towards some points for coaches, players, and parents? Yeah, no, um, my alma mater. So I think it was good for them to come down and measure themselves uh, against Philadelphia lacrosse. I got to uh, coach them with Nick Taylor, the head coach at Haverford College, and uh, Connor Bishop at Swarthmore. So a shout out to those guys. Um, they had two practices and we had to play Malvern, um, which, you know, you walk on the field there and you're like, you feel like you're going up against a Division One lacrosse team, the way they run their program. So, um, and Coach Mack's been a guest on the podcast and uh, he just does an amazing job. And, you know, Coach McCready's, I have a lot of respect for what they do. So it's nice for them to host us um, and just train those guys up. And it was good to kind of get back into just that competitive, you know, like, I'm a coach again, you know. I was saying um, to one of my friends, I think on a call earlier today or yesterday, um, you know, I stopped coaching in 2016, and I've obviously enjoyed the club experience of of coaching um, and some international stuff, but it's different when you're kind of going, all right, we're playing Malvern today, and, like, we want to be respectable, and, um, you know, just the way you prepare. I mean, you are doing it right now with Haverford, and, Coach Leahy's done it forever with, you know, LaSalle. It's just a different vibe when you're going, oh, it's game day. Like, you know, you walk out and you're like, it's game day. Um, Can you walk us through what led up to game day? Just th those guys coming down here, how many days were they here? And Yeah, so, games? I mean, a lot of these programs, you know, traditionally go to Florida. Um, and obviously with COVID, they wanted to stay a little closer me being uh, an alum, I did the same trip when I was a, you know, a student there. Went down to you know Florida um, on a spring break trip, and so my hope is to be able to bring a lot of teams to Philadelphia moving forward. Something we're talking about as a business adventure, you know, through next. I was like running spring training out of the proving grounds and taking advantage of just the facilities, you know, the college programs and the competitive high school programs. And, and you know, the weather that time of year is nice. And um, so I'm getting off topic of like, you know, what do I got for, you know, coaches to start? Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, uh, I get to work with a lot of young coaches, you know, in our club and stuff is just 
you know, my advice would be ask questions, you know, don't always have the answer. You know, if you see someone, you know, doing something wrong, like what, what could you have done differently in that situation? You know, I, I think that's hard as a young coach. You just want to always give the answer. I find myself doing it. And I always say to myself, like, ask questions, um, you know, and so that would be my piece of advice. That and I think having an invert offense. I, I don't know. I feel like I've just been like yeah. using an invert a ton lately in club. And I feel like that was like kind of looked at as like old school. Everybody did it at one point, And then it's like everybody's morphed away from it. Nobody. Then it was like cheating. Yeah. Cheating. I live by that. That's that what point, we're like. Love tournaments. Hey, these guys are inverting every time. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you just get like easy, easy slides without having to like really earn them. And we did that, you know, not as effectively against Malvern when we played them, but when then we played uh, scrimmage uh, Westtown as well. Um, and again, like if, you know, if you haven't put in just like that, like backer defense or like prepared for that, again, you just get a lot of, you know, easy offense created. So those, those would be my two things. Ask questions and, and have an invert offense. Great. How about for players, you know, that you're back with young people again? Did you find it different? Did the the first, yeah, the first thing I said to those guys, we had a meeting at the Marriott which, where they stayed in Conchi. And, you know, my first thing to them was, is like, hey, we're going to be together for four days. Like, what are your goals that you want to get out of just these four days? Like, not, I'm not going to be with you the whole season, but like, you know, have a plan, like have goals just for this window of time. Like, what do you want to get better at? You know, is, is your goal here to like, you know, again, it was a, a trip away from school. Like, was it about bonding? You know, was it like earning a starting role? Was it becoming like a contributor? Like, I just think there's too many times you know, you go out, you, everybody feels like they're doing the work, but they don't really have goals and they don't have a plan. And so it's like, well, how do you know you're actually achieving what you're actually doing all that hard work for? You know, and so um, I think that's an important message, you know, for the players. How'd that go with them? I mean, what were some of the outcomes or conversations along the way there? I think we, you know, went into it, you know, um, going like, we're going to, you know, really challenge these guys and, and, and make them work hard. Like this isn't, spring break Florida and like, Hey, we're here to have fun and we're going to the beach. It's like, no, we're going to train, you know, every morning. And we, you know, had a detailed, you know, training plan of things that we were trying to accomplish. And then we come back in the afternoon and, you know, um, do something similar. We, you know, did some box. Um, but yeah, we were yelling at them and like, Oh, how we're going to do push-ups? You're not paying it. Like, you know, and they're going, I just met you. Who, right. who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you making me run right now? But like, you know, um, as you know, I just don't have a lot of tolerance for that. Like when, you know, it's like, Hey, we're here. Let's be focused on the task and let, let, let's get better. You know? And that's what we kept saying. So like, let's just be better the next practice. And you know, that, that's what was rewarding as, you know, um, for the three of us coaching them is that we actually felt like, all right, from Sunday to them leaving on St. Patrick's day, you know, we felt like we got better. And the whole goal was for us. It was like, Let's just put these guys on a path to be successful this season. It's not about the wins and losses. Great if we win them, but it's it's just really let's kickstart their season. They hadn't played lacrosse all last spring, you know, and so as an alum, it, it was great to kind of feel like, hey, it, maybe I did my part. I haven't donated probably, a, a, you know, enough <laughs> money or done any of those things. So, yeah. um, you That's know, this one. was my way to give back to the program. Nice. That's great. It sounds like you did a great job and had some fun and um, – and they worked hard. Yeah. Right? You made them run some sprints and do some push-ups. I, I can picture it. Um, what about something for parents? 
I think what I would say, just wearing my own parent hat, right, having three kids right now that are playing, um, you know, various, you know, club sports. Um, and how old are your kids again? I got a freshman um, at Haverford. I got an eighth grader at Agnes Irwin, and I got a third grader um, at Wallingford Elementary, you know. Um, my youngest is playing Ridley right now as we're doing this. Wow, she had huge. a little scrimmage against Ridley tonight, yeah. Um, is really failure, you know, is such an opportunity, you know, as parents, you know, like um, uh, for your kids, you know, like you just always want to protect them and like, you know, but I think um, Megan and I, you know, go like, you know what, this is, this is good that like, you know, tried out for this team and didn't make it. Like, that's an opportunity. Like, that's motivation. You know, of like, hey, you don't like that feeling of like not, you know, making team or, hey, you're not a starter right now. Like, you don't like that. You're not used to that. Like, that, what are you going to do about it? Like, is, is that a motivation to work harder? But what we're not going to do is go, oh my God, like, you know what? We have to call the coach. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, or we're going to intervene. And it's like, I'm not having any conversations. I'm like, you have to learn to self-advocate. You need to come up with your own plan. Maybe you need to set some new goals. But I just think that's such an opportunity for growth. And you want to learn those things, you know, as a young athlete, not, hey, like, I was always sheltered from this. And so, you know what, we didn't, we didn't do this. And I'm, they're not using me. The, so I'm going to go play in a different club. I'm going to go to do something different to get the result I want. And so I just think you end up, like, handicapping your kids. And I've seen that as a college coach that, like, I got kids that got to me that were really good players, but had like had never experienced setbacks, injuries, failure. You know, you're you're no longer the best player, and like you know, it's like that's a good thing to learn that at a young age. You can't like protect your kids from that. Um, you just have to be able to have like you know reassuring conversations. It's gonna be okay. Like right, like my kid's obviously coming off two surgeries in 16 months, and it's like you know, it's like he's had some adversity, and it's like. It's going to be okay. It's okay to learn this now. Like, you haven't really missed out on that much. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things, you know, bigger and, you know, better that are ahead. Like, we're going to get through this. So, I think just learning from those things, like, it's not easy as a parent, but um, I think it's better to see that young. It gives them the chance to be resilient, which is amazing because you need to fail for that opportunity to come to pass, to yeah. be resilient. You have to get knocked down. Nobody becomes resilient when they succeed. It's when you, it's when you fail and you struggle especially in this age where there's no offense and there's no, we, you know, everyone's <clears throat> so much softer in some ways that you have to have these opportunities of failure and these discussions. One of the best pieces of advice I was given with my daughter, who's a senior, was, Emily, that's your coach. You talk to your coach about coaching things. I'm your dad. I do dad things. I love you. I hug you. I challenge you. But if you want to talk about playing time and you want to talk about things happening on the field, I'm the wrong person. No, that's the right advice, you know. Um, again, I wear different hats, you know, at different times, and so it's like I see it. Uh, but I think, for, you know, for the most part in, like, our next club, um, we have a lot of really good families that I think, um, you know, have the right values and, you know, or have the right approach to how to go about some of these things. And hopefully they understand it's more than just the battle across, you know? Yeah. So – um, Coach Law, what about just as a general lacrosse fan this spring? Um, have you been watching games online, tried to attend any games in person? I know uh, you probably missed the college coaching, but after you got the, t the taste of high school um, and you have these kids, you're running around, like what's it like as a lacrosse fan? Yeah, I mean, 
Um, got to go to the Maryland Penn State, you know, game. Uh, went down to Capital One Field um, at College Park on Saturday. You know, it was like a beautiful day. I think it's one of the first games they kind of let it in so that it wasn't just restricted to just family. Um, I'm guessing maybe they had about 1,500, 1,800 people. Oh, wow. Um, but in a stadium that seats like 60,000, yeah. it still didn't like um, – but it was great. Like there's, you know, a lot of former next players out on the field, um, friendly with obviously both coaching staffs. Um, it was just fun to watch a really um, skilled, high-end, competitive lacrosse game. And I, you know, got to watch LaSalle versus – um, you know, Haverford last week, so been taking in more high school across. It's just that was like taken away from us, you know. So um, it's not the same like watching a, you know, a stream. You don't feel the energy and the momentum, which I think is such a, a big part, you know, of the college game. Like that was like one of the first observations watching it with like two of my college friends. Um, you know, and their boys and Penn State scores the first goal, which is a little bit of surprise, right? They were the underdog in that game. And their sideline was just like, you know, you don't feel that if you're just like watching the like, you know, the link of it, you know, going, man, like these guys are fired up for their teammates. And, um, you know, so I love that part of it um, and hope to be able to, you know, as things kind of get a little more under control with COVID, um, be able to get out to more high school games and some of the local college games. I enjoyed our pre-show discussion on what you saw when you watched Maryland and warm up. Yeah, discipline, their structure. Discipline, you want to speak yeah. to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, um, we we had when I was at Hartford, we played Maryland twice, and like you know, there's nothing worse than like looking over and going, "All right, man, their defensemen might have better sticks than our attackmen." Right, the attackmen should <laughs> have the best sticks. <laughs> That's a problem, right? Yeah, it's a problem, um, and, and they proved it with the result. Uh, you know, that year when when they uh, beat us up pretty good up in Hartford. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's fun to watch both of those teams warm up. But um, I just have a lot of respect for like what Coach Tillman's built. Um, and just the discipline, you know, and the fundamentals that the Marin players play with. It's just very evident just from watching, you know, five minutes of warm-ups, you know, um, the attention to detail, um, you know. And so it's no surprise the success they've had, you know, on a national level and why they're a perennial team that's, you know, playing on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Attention to details and the fundamentals when I watched – them play this especially this year boy when things get stressed those fundamentals come right out yeah. it's almost a ship gets steadied right away this is how we do things don't go wild out there we got this and it's just the fundamentals and how you go about playing maryland lacrosse it's so steadfast yeah you don't see any of the defensemen throwing any crazy checks it's just stay at home be physical win your matchups you know physically and then you know you're watching you know uh we were just talking about Jared Bernhardt, you know, just became the all-time points leader. And you're like, oh, what did he do on that one? He just got top side of his guy, shot overhand to the back pipe, wasn't in the top corner, wasn't anything like, you know, there's some change of speed and a little bit of change of direction, like some nuances that he's learned to get his hands free. But like, you know, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, exotic. It was just good fundamentals like, oh, I've been taught my whole life, get to the island, get top side, shoot to the back pipe. And it was just like, oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. You know, it's like, why would I go away from this if I can consistently do it? Um, you know, so I'm sitting there watching with Finn and going like, yeah, do that when you play. Like, do, that, do that when you play. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, because it's just so simple. You know, he makes it look so easy, but like, and it's happening at a very fast pace. And it's like he's winning a, you know, another guy who's a 
starting defenseman on a great collegiate team, you know, at Penn State, and he's able to consistently win that matchup, um, you know, to me that's just like a thing of beauty when it's like he doesn't need to overthink it. It's like this is what I've been taught since I was a little kid, you know, and now he's just doing it at a higher level. Yeah, and I mentioned here, I know Jared, he was on our under-19 USA team, and just his competitive spirit in that there's ice in his veins. He just wants to play lacrosse, little shakes him, loves the big moment. And that's another part of being an athlete, and yeah. he has it big time. For the second part of our show, we thought we'd take a look back at our season two. I kind of walked down memory lane. And, boss, it was your idea to have this podcast two years ago. I know Coop and I feel really good about it, but we're the ones actually doing it. So, of course, we may not be able to look in the mirror. Any general thoughts as you look back to this project we undertook as, as the top guy here? And kind of we'll take your feedback and your praise as no, you guys have been doing, and, and along with Justin, I think this is um, this has been amazing. You know, um, I've enjoyed listening to them. Um, I, there might only be one or two in the two seasons. Um, you know that I, I maybe have um, somehow like slipped through the cracks. So it's really a credit to you guys. I I wanted to say I want, I'm, I've been supportive. Um, you know of the project, but. Um, you know, you guys, the three of you guys have really made this happen. And I think you've had some amazing guests and um, I think created a, a good following. And um, so I'm very appreciative of what you guys have done. Thanks. Anything you'd like to see us do differently? No, I like the format of, you know, giving advice, you know, um, just nuggets of information for coaches, for players, for parents. I think it appeals to like a wider audience that way. Um I think, you know, as we know, youth sports is such a hot topic, um, you know, and so I think you guys are providing a great, you know, service. I see some of the emails, you know, um, from listeners, you know, that are singing your guys' praises. So um, I think that was probably somewhat of the goal, right, you know, um, to go, um, you know, can we get some people in the Philadelphia area? But, like, you know, uh, Coop has shared some of the data and, like, the fact that there's people listening and, like, European countries and around the world, um, you know, who would have who would have ever thought? And so, yeah, if this is the close of, you know, uh, season two, um, yeah, kudos to you guys for all the hard work. And I just think it's become such a, you know, like a, a buzzword, a topic of like, oh, I should have a podcast, uh, you know, and it's like I think you guys were ahead of the curve, you know, whereas now there's a lot more people doing it. But I think you guys are absolutely ahead of the curve. So, um, no, I've, I've, I've enjoyed – um, all the guests you've had, I love, you know, listening to the college coaches. Um, you know, I, I've known a lot of those guys for a long time. Um, you know, you had my one of my mentors, you know, that was one of the things I said when uh, I just taught, helped teach this Elizabethtown class is like my advice, you know, at the end was, you know, for, you know, these older college students, like find a mentor, you know. And so, um, you know, Brian Silcott, who you guys had on, is working with the PLL um, you know, I would absolutely say, like, in my younger days when I first got into, like, working camps, um, you know, that's how we met, you know, and, and he was someone absolutely became my mentor. So that was, uh, you know, one that stood out to me. Um, but, uh, you know, a number of others, too. So in my own personal reflection, I think we have to, for season three, have some female head coaches. Yep. Add that. We did a good job with diversity and head coaches. I know we're going to try to have Harlem on um, in season three. But um, our co head coaches that we had on, you know, we had Taylor Ray, Pat Myers, Brian Volker, and Steve Colfer. 
Um, any general thoughts on each one that you enjoyed or a favorite or a point noted? I, you know what? I, one of the questions I love that you always ask is, what are you reading? You know, like I love to hear what other coach, like I love books on like coaching and leadership. You know, I'm sure you'll ask, maybe that'll be, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now, um, you know, just about to finish. Leaders Eat Last. Um, you know, but I, I always find like, oh, I, I should read that book. Like, you know, like, um, you know, and so I just think you can learn a lot from the podcast just from like that. Like maybe it helps your reading list. Um, I think the other one that we talked about of like, um, you know, um, just before we started, you know, recording that I think would be important for year three would be. Um, a native influence, I think, Absolutely. Um, you know, maybe more than once, um, you know, I just think it's so important for people to learn, you know, the origins of the game. And, you know, I think I was telling you, you know, Lyle, I just listened to a podcast or like a snippet of a podcast, you know, that, you know, he was, you know, talking about the origins of the game and he, you know, he described the game as, you know, it, it, it's a gift, you know, uh, that the natives have given to everybody else. And I really, that resonates with me. It's like, oh, what, a, what an amazing gift that they've given us, you know. Um. Outstanding. Yeah, Coach Law, just uh, I was dialing up some of the analytics as you said that. Um, if anyone has any friends in these states, we need some listeners in Wyoming, in North Dakota, <laughs> New Mexico, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Iowa are the only states that we don't have any downloads in, all right? There's seven of them. That feels like a lot. So please reach out to someone uh, with lacrosse connections in those states. Help us grow. United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia, Denmark, Netherlands, Costa Rica, Sweden, Norway, South Africa. I'll stop there. But the point is, we're global. We're um, global. <laughs> you know, we, we've made it beyond just Coach Leahy's newsletter to our club, which I think was the genesis of some of this yeah. um, in saying that, you know, Bill's got these great messages. They're timely. We're putting a lot of thought and time into it, and we're sending it to our 300-person boys club. But is there a message and a platform to, to kind of amplify that and then get those messages outside of our club and really just be um, – good people within the lacrosse community that have some good experience and, and really with no more ego than that, I feel like we've been having so much fun and then learning from every guest. So, um, really cool to kind of connect the dots with coach laws, mentor, Brian Silcott. That was awesome. I've known him since we started with next, but never really had a conversation as meaningful as that. That's one that people have reached out and said, Hey, that's, that's your best one yet. Um, and I've really appreciated those people that do reach out, um, and law, as you mentioned, email us and give us feedback and other ideas. So definitely feeding off that. I definitely check the stats every day. And, I uh, wanted to share some of the, the, uh, analytics there. And, and it's pretty cool to, to say like, yeah, we have a podcast and we have a meaningful message and we're providing value and, you know, we're really confident in that. So I would thank both of you for letting that happen. And, um, you know, we'll keep rolling. Yeah. And we've learned a lot. I mean, we've never done this before. Yeah. So I feel like I have a communications major now. Thanks to you. <laughs> it was your idea. And now we had to learn an awful lot of how to do this. And Justin, you've been a big part of helping us. And then our guests come on and, you know, you have it all laid out and you're ready to roll. And then they take it to left field and you got to be able to go with that. Sure. And that's where some of the r real magic happened. 
when all of a sudden Taylor Ray's talking about playing box in Canada and that wasn't on our prep sheet. And yet that was the highlight. I also love our feedback from our listeners because I'll walk out of a show saying, boy, that wasn't the best one. And then the next Saturday at one of our events, a parent comes up and says, I love that last show. And I'm thinking, I didn't, but they did. Yeah. You know, and that makes a big difference. A little bit out there, I think, for everybody. And we've done a good job of that. You know, totally. all, all different types of show with different types of guests. And how about we run through our guests real quick that we had on and each of you just give an idea of what stood out. You know? Sure. So if we start with our college coaches, Taylor Ray. Coop? I love Taylor Ray, just the intensity that he has. I know him in a different way now. His son, uh, his two boys in fourth and third grade play for us. So when we had Taylor in here, it was intense. It was awesome. Um, when the third and fourth grade practices are over, it's intense and awesome. Just the way he's coaching his kids in the parking lot and show them how to you know, get his butt to the goal. Um, I, I love that. And, and really, at that point, it was the fall. And he was describing how they were returning to play in small pods and how that was working and how they were testing. So it was really cool just to hear, you know, what life was like in a D1 program. Yeah, I mean, uh, Taylor's a friend. Um, You know, uh, his wife, Lauren, you know, will be my daughter's coach who's at uh, AIS. And that was a big part of why we went there. We felt comfortable with that decision. and, uh, you know, like I know him as a more of a coach than I didn't know as much about his like, you know, he's a very accomplished, you know, yeah. lacrosse player, you know, and like just being able to represent Canada and like learning a little bit more as he talked about that. Like that to me was like a little bit revealing. It's not like you're going, oh, I'm going to like Google this guy I'm friends with and go, what did, what did he actually really accomplish? Yeah. I didn't know some of that stuff. I knew he was a very accomplished player, but um, that was... Uh, yeah, and he was I, one I wasn't of Manny's teammates back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's great that he was like, you know, a, a former wing, and it's like, yeah, we're he's obviously a, a great addition to, you know, having him help uh, coach in our, you know, box club now as well. I loved his recruiting story. Remember, he was all dialed up for one place, and next thing you know, he's off to Duke. Yeah. Well, he was at Champ Camp on Team USA, yeah. and with a Canadian, and you know, it's pretty funny. Um, and then Coach Myers joined us, and he's a longtime friend. I loved that he talked about keeping the game fun, especially in the eyes of his kids. And he's carried that over to Lafayette. So it was a real highlight for me to be with my old friend and my former USA you know, coach mate. But to hear his message about fun, sometimes we lose that. Yeah, no, um, same thing. Um, you know, uh, Pat and his brother Nick, you know, uh, we helped run a showcase together down south. Um, I just think those guys are hard workers, you know. I think they bring great energy to coaching. And so um, his daughter uh, has played a little bit in our club and then cradle. And I remember one time I'm sitting over at Mainline Sports Center and I look over and uh, Coach Myers and Coach Ray are both there because, you know, their kids were doing cradle. And I'm like kind of going, man, you guys are recruiting them young. And it's like, no, you know, my daughter's out there. Um, And and so it's nice to think like when, you know, like prominent like local coaches are putting their kids into, you know, our program. That makes me feel good. So, um, yeah, I'm just very appreciative of all these people that have come on. So, um, you know, uh, we have one of our uh, good young guys that just went up to, um, you know, Lafayette to play for coach and Pete Lehman. Um, I know he's doing well and – we were excited to send him there because we think very highly of, you know, Coach Myers. Yeah, the phrase a DMGB, doesn't matter, get better, is something that he says all the time. And I've had to say a few times at Haverford practices this this spring, you know, like, nobody cares, you know, we're moving on. 
Um, so that was awesome. And both Myers brothers are just so intense that anytime you get to hear them talk about coaching, it's valuable. So it was really cool to have him. Yeah. Next, we had Coach Volker. I just loved everything about his approach to being a competitor, not only as a player, but as a coach. Kind of no BS, just get to the point. Even at the end, when we asked him about what books you're reading, he's like, I'm not a reader. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he had lots of great advice for us. So I really enjoyed his directness. Uh, I, again, I, I, such an accomplished player. And um, I, I think it's interesting, you know, the part that I took away from that one just is, you know, kids have taken a very different path, one very academic and another one playing lacrosse at Georgetown. And, um, you know, to each their own. And I think that's, you know, a great message for parents is like, um, as much as you want maybe something for one of your kids, um, you know, they got to take their own path. And I think, you know, for some, it's probably not easy for someone who is such an accomplished player to go, hey, th this child of mine is not interested in sports, yeah. you know, um, you know. And so um, I found that that part of the story that he was telling interesting. Yeah, I've known Volks for years, and they've always been short conversations. And it was really nice just to hear him talk as a parent and hear him flash back to his playing days because he is a legend, um, but he is a no-frills, no-BS kind of guy, and he's not hyping himself up. So I thought that was really valuable and direct, the information he gave. Great pickup uh, basketball player, too, on the, on the college coach. Yeah, he's, he, he's uh, got a very solid game. And then we had our last coach, Coach Colfer. I really enjoyed just Coach's energy. We have a lot in common in that I started a program at the high school level. He started a program at the college level almost around the same time. We took similar journeys. You know, we have similar insights in how we approach the game and our kids, how we see the world, our love for history. I almost felt like I was you know, with my kindred brother spirit separated somewhere in the past. He was so. ready to hire you by the end. He said he was looking <laughs> for a director of yeah. ops. I, think, I was ready yeah. to call him and talk about World War II history that he yeah. likes to read and I like to read. So I really enjoyed his visit as well. I, I, what he's accomplished at Cabrini is remarkable, and it's just a credit to how hard he's clearly worked and you know how much love he's put into that program. Um, you know, uh, If you would have asked me you know, 10 plus years ago is, you know, Cabrini going to win a national championship at the link? I'm going to go, no, I will absolutely bet on that, that that is not, you know. Um, and I think that's just a credit to him and, you know, his loyalty to that, you know, uh, college and what he's been able to build and just that culture and community just speaks volumes to me. Yeah, love and loyalty. And you could feel that in everything he said that night. And we didn't really want to leave. We wanted to keep hanging out with them and get more drills. So love and loyalty. Two words. I would, I would definitely echo there. Yeah, thanks for that feedback on our coaches. I like the three shows that were what I call unique in that they weren't players and they weren't coaches. And that would be Ryan Mannion and the Mannion Foundation on Veterans Day. And that was just really kind of her. She had four or five national interviews that day and still found time for us later in the evening. Coach Hupfelt, Chris Hupfelt, was just outstanding, yeah. giving us a full history of Philly lacrosse. I know uh, Coach and I want to talk about that a little bit in a minute and then of course Mitch Green back as an encore who was just as good the second time as he was the first time and the power of the pivot so they were our three kind of non-coach non-players so thoughts guys I thought all three of them were great you know I have huge respect for uh, Mitch and um, he's done a lot for our families you know, um, we've offered like some winter wellness stuff and him and his staff, uh, I think have been a great resource, you know, um, for people on the mental health side. So I didn't know a lot about um, the Travis Mannion Foundation, you know, um, 
I thought, you know, I told you um, the, the fact that, you know, Brendan Looney and, you know, Travis were cut, like, you know, just all the little stories. Like you think, you know, something and you're like, oh, I didn't realize what they were trying to do in like, like just some of like the mission, um, you know, um, I found that to be, um, you know, uh, you go, I got to do more. Like, you know, I've now followed them on social media. Like I like all their stuff. I'm like, you know, like totally into like going, what are they doing? And prior to that, I like, I, I wasn't doing any of that. So, um, even just that little like bit was like a win. And then, um, Hup is, you know, uh, uh I, I learned so much about, you know, I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't born and raised in Philly. Um, I love this, the sport of lacrosse. I love this lacrosse community. I think it's special, but I don't know um, everybody's background as a player. So like we were talking about Coach Bezier, like I, I didn't realize like he helped revolutionize the game as a long stick mini. That's the position I played, like, you know, uh, that he was such a, I, I just think of him as he's a great coach at Radnor. You know, I don't think of him as like this, you know, great lacrosse player. I think of him as a great coach. Um, and so to see some of the local legends in a different context and hear those stories kind of goes, ah, oh, that doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, that he was a great player, um, you know. So, yeah, I think all three of those guests uh, brought something different. And uh, I enjoyed all three of those. Those are three that I listened to start to finish. What I enjoyed about Hupfelt was, uh, you know, he went in to be a player and turned out to be a very influential GM. So you think you have one path, but you end up with another one, and that, that other path was just rewarding beyond Two gold belief. medals, right? Three gold medals, Three. right? No, two gold medals and, and, a, a, silver. and a silver. Yeah, two gold medals and a silver. You're going like, and he's, he, you know, he's not walking around telling everybody like, hey, just so you know, like I did this. Um, Getting yelled at by tyranny, designing opposing teams to play Team yeah. USA, giving it to him, and... Just an amazing adventure. So I enjoyed all three of them. Of course, Travis was dear to me knowing him. And, um, you know, one Veterans Day, that kind of choked me up. And I just thought all three of those were very unique. Which brings us to our players, which would be Matt Rambo, Brian Doherty, and Brian Silcott. Coach Coop? Yeah, Matt Rambo, the golden goose of uh, the podcast. We talked about him since the first episode. We finally got him here with his old ball coach, Coach Leahy. We to kidnap uh, him from Center City and bring him up. I did, yeah. Thanks, can't Coach. Speak on record about everything <laughs> that went into it. Um, but he's Matt Rambo, so you can only imagine. You know, it was crazy. But got him here, and he said the word fundamentals about 40 times on the podcast. I think he was just trying to make He was make hamming it up a little, um, <laughs> but it was great, and he was genuinely happy to be with be here with you and kind of sh walk down memory lane at LaSalle um, and tell his story, but really with a focus on, you know, fundamentals, and I think uncommon effort at the common things is kind of what you were saying about Bernhardt earlier, um, and it's the same thing with Matt Rambo at the PLL. It's like, my wife's going, how do you just score that goal to his left hand? Doesn't everyone know? <laughs> Don't let him to the middle with your left hand. Like, they know, babe. You know, um, he's just, he's on a different level. Um, but that one was fun. And he's, uh, is he the youngest guest we've had? Yeah. He's got to be. And uh, so that was a fun one. And, and super proud that we were able to get him here. Coach Law, I know you enjoyed Coach Doherty. I just, I like his brutal honesty. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, uh, I've not spent any time with him. Um, we're going to actually coach the Under Armour, um, you know, Philly team together nice. this coming summer. Um, and um, I just appreciate, like, his advice that he has for parents. And it's, like, just, you know, in-your-face brutal honesty. And, and um, I found that to be refreshing and entertaining, you know. So looking forward to um, get to know him a little better. Well, I think it was a great season. 
and we learned an awful lot. Outstanding guests. I look forward to season three. We got a couple folks already lined up to our listeners. If you have a good recommendation, we'll take it. And, um, you know, we'll take some time off as we focus on high school lacrosse and college lacrosse and summer recruiting. Any thoughts on recruiting tournaments? I know that's coming up for many of our listeners as parents and as players. I think the biggest question, you know, right now is there's so many showcases because I think a lot of um, missed opportunities over the last, you know, year, 12 months. Um, and so I just think that's hard to navigate, you know, um, and I think people are always searching for, you know, does does more exposure, you know, go to more showcases uh, in addition to what you're going to do with your team. Is, is that how you get yourself recruited? And, you know, uh, what I would say is it's about performance. You know, you, you can get it. You can go to 20 showcases. If you don't actually perform, you don't get recruited. You go to one and play amazing lacrosse. And like that is what might start having the phone ring and start getting the emails that you, you know, have always desired and feel like you've worked hard for, um, you know, and so my advice always is, you know, be well rested, be focused. And when you go, don't try and like, you know, do things that are out of your comfort. That's not a day to go out of your comfort zone. You know, um, that, that's what practice for the, the day you go to a showcase, you just go, this is what my bread and butter is. This is what I do really, really well. Like if that's get down the alley and shoot on the run and like you're good off the way, like put yourself in a position to make those plays. But like that should be like your automatic go-to. And sometimes, you know, I'm watching someone that I know in a showcase. I'm like, you, you, you put yourself over on the left side. You keep like you think you're going to impress the coaches by going, look, see, my left's pretty good. It's like, no, they just want to know, like, this is what you're really good at. Like, that's that's a bonus if that happens. Um, but stick to your bread and butter and go well-rested, be focused, and perform. But it's not about, you know, more exposure. And I think that is, you know, right now I get all these emails like, hey, I just got invited to this and I got invited to this. And, you know, what I would say is, you know, you go to things that have been around for a while, right? Some of these things, it's like, hey, this is the first year that's happening. Like, I don't know how good that event is. And yes, they're saying on their website, there's going to be 100 coaches. It's like, well, it didn't happen last year, right? Like, how do we know there's 100 coaches at that? You know, like, th there might have been two years ago, but it doesn't mean there's 100 this year. Um, so you, you just can't get caught up in, like, the marketing. Everybody can do, and we do as well. Um, you know, but I think the best indicator of, like, good events is you're like, you know, that event's been happening historically and it sells out. Like our showcases right now are sold out. That to me is like the best indicator that they're good events. Um, where if they're, you're getting a marketing email every week, like, hey, we're still open. That should maybe tell you something. Yeah, it's good advice. For me, what stood out is be well rested. It's hard to go and do what you do best when you're exhausted. And for parents, you know, our players aren't racehorses. Yeah. Even racehorses break down. So you got to pick and choose your spots, go and play well to your strengths have a good day, you know, and also know kind of the type of player that you are. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Correct. Because that shows up fast. When and you're and coaches evaluate like it's a showcase is one form of evaluation. How you play with your high school team is another form. How you play on your club team is another form. Sometimes if you make one of those like Under Armour type things, that's another form. So there's multiple formats, you know, where they're, they're – uh, and everybody has, you know, some – you know, uh, that they do, you know, perform at a higher level. You know, you know, you go, oh, that's your role on your high school team and you looked amazing and here's how they use you on your club team and that's that's okay. Um, 
you know, because it really comes down to how you consistent, like the word I always use, like with recruiting is consistency. You have to consistently perform. Like everybody can have one good day and it doesn't make or break the process. Everybody has a bad day. The coach was here and like, you know, I didn't play well. It's like, if he really likes you, it's not, he's not going to just watch you one time. You know, he wants to see the body of work. Yeah. That doesn't break the process either. No. Yeah. Great advice. All right. So with that, we'll wrap up this episode and put a bow on season two. Want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners out there. We appreciate your support. We're proud of ourselves, but we really enjoy hearing from you. And if you can help us make the show better, tell us by emailing us, reaching out to us at a practice or event. On behalf of our show, our producer, Justin, our guest, Coach Law, Coach Leahy, and myself, we really appreciate you listening. Signing off from Concha Hawken. Thank you. And good night. <laughs> Good work, guys. Nice job. It's a great season. Thanks for joining us, Coach Law. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could be here for this one. Bill, it's wild that in our last episode in March, we previewed... All right, never mind. Cut that. Welcome back to more than... Uh, we already screwed up. I never screwed up my intro. That's our first. It's got to be Coach. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> in all our years. It's not like you farted. <laughs>